This is Pen Dust Radio. Welcome, all you literati, you lovers of words and tales, you who need a break in your hurried, harried lives. We have a salve for your soul with stories imaginative and original. Short stories, riveting fiction, and wildly creative nonfiction. Pen Dust Radio. Definitely not the same old story. Please visit us at pendustradio.com. This podcast is a production of Rivercliff Books and Media. We publish literary fiction and creative nonfiction. Learn more at rivercliffbooks.com. Recently in America, issues of race have dominated the news. This short, powerful essay is a reflection on all of the small adjustments and considerations black people make to keep themselves alive, what author Andrea Thornton Bolden calls correcting for whiteness. Andrea Thornton Bolden is a television writer. She lives in Sherman Oaks, California, near Los Angeles, with her husband, Earl. Correcting for White People, an essay written and read by Andrea Thornton Bolden. I wish my husband's shoes looked more expensive. We are walking up into the hills of Royal Oaks, a Tony neighborhood in Los Angeles. His jacket is nice, Arcteryx on Berard, but it is black and simple. I'm worried that people won't know how much we paid for it. You see, if I dress Earl up in expensive things, maybe they won't hurt him. His clothes are nice, so he can't be here to rob and rape them. They won't kill him this time. So I dress up his paper doll in my mind's eye with loud Jordans and designer joggers, the kind of clothes he hates. Because if he looks valuable, maybe they'll think he is valuable, that he belongs there among the mansions. They won't chase him down like prey, thinking he's the predator. Today, we are hiking the Westridge Canyon back trail. The best part of quarantine is all the walks we take together now. Sometimes I walk without him. Sometimes he runs without me. But I don't like it when he goes out without me. They see him differently when he is jogging down the street alone. They tense up. If they see a pretty, smiling wife with him, their eyes soften. They smile and wave. I make them comfortable because surely a monster could not have such a wife. I am a totem of respectability. My father told me a few years ago not to let my younger brother, then a big grown man of infinite height, out of my sight when we traveled together. He can't go anywhere without you, Daddy said. But I'm the girl. Shouldn't he be protecting me? Daddy looked at me like I was stupid. They don't look at you the way they look at him. And that was my initiation into the art of totemic defense. Don't hurt him, please. Can't you see that he is loved? 
As we hike the West Ridge Canyon back trail, it is gorgeous. We are up early enough that there are people nearby, but still plenty of space for social distancing. Most wear masks, but some don't. We have ours on, but slip them off when no one else is in sight. It is hard to breathe deep through cotton. When people emerge along the horizon, we quickly slip our mask back on. It's a symbolic gesture because the trail is so wide that no one is within six feet of us. Most people wave or give a curt nod. Most of them are also wearing masks, but some don't. Earl and I trudge up a particularly steep climb when a white woman approaches from the opposite direction. I immediately reposition my mask. Earl does not. He doesn't see her because he is looking down, focused on making it up the trail, deep in thought. The woman gestures at us to put our mask on. Time slows down. Earl still can't see her, but I can. I want to get us away from this stranger as quickly as possible, because I know no matter how this interaction ends, it will not end well. That lady don't want this smoke. Not from me, nor from my sleeping giant of a husband, traumatized by years of mean white faces and angry white words. Heartsick from the elementary school teacher who bullied him. The only black child in his class. Ears still ringing from when he was shoved on the hood of a police car at age 13 for jaywalking. He is a sweet, nurturing man with a hair-trigger temper from years of being preyed upon because he looks, to them, like a predator. I am seven, so my first impulse is to be polite. When I was growing up, there were rules of engagement that don't exist in Trump country. Not anymore. I tell the nosy woman coming toward us, we're good. Translation, leave us alone and mind your business. You have a mask on. You are six feet away. You will be fine. Earl still doesn't see her. She points at him. I reiterate. He's good. Translation. Don't say another fucking word to my husband. Get away from us. Now Earl sees her, but he's confused. Catching up to an interaction that, in reality, has only taken ten seconds. He sees her just in time for the woman to look at him in disgust as she passes by and sneer. He's good? Yeah, right. She's passed us by now. Disappeared into a cloud of entitled rudeness. Earl looks at me. What just happened? I explain, adding that this is why we have to wear masks out here. So they'll leave us alone. So they won't call the police. So they won't citizens arrest. So they won't drive up on us. So they won't shoot us to death. So they won't. If you do everything perfectly, wear a cloak of respectability, only go out with totem wife and fancy shoes, maybe you will be deemed worthy enough to live. Earl is pissed because we shouldn't have to justify our very existence. Not two minutes after that woman has left our side, a white couple walking their dog comes up the trail ahead of us. They are not wearing masks. 
As they smile and wave at us, I wonder if that rude woman would have admonished them too. It is a foolish question. We see that same woman one more time on the trail. But she must go down a different path to avoid us because we don't see her again after that. When we leave, I look back at the trailhead waiting for her to reappear, salty pillar that I am. I won't be polite if we encounter her again. But, thankfully, she's gone, and I don't have to act outside of my character. As we drive back down the hill, we see two cop cars. I am anxious. Earl has moved on. Rest in power, Ahmad Arbery. Run with love and protection, my brothers. This essay is copyright 2020 by Andrea Thornton Bolden. This recording is copyright 2021 by Rivercliff Books and Media. All rights reserved. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pen Dust Radio. For more information or to submit your writing to the podcast, please visit pendustradio.com. This podcast is a production of Rivercliff Books and Media. Learn more at rivercliffbooks.com. The story featured in this episode is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents are the products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental.